But then again, you know that we would be. Man, we got the men's and women's college hoops to chop up, baby. When it comes to the NFL, the division has been divided. And we have that dynamic duo award of the week to discuss. Check this out. College hoops. Ladies first. D, my man. What's going Give on? me a Juju Watkins update, baby. Oh, yeah, man. Juju, um, she's pretty much continuing to do what she's been doing. Um, I know she got her revenge game against UCLA the other day. US, uh, USC 73, UCLA, UCLA 65 with a 5-6 matchup, baby. Yeah, uh, so that was their only loss at the time. Um, and they handed UCLA their first loss. And she she just did it again, man. 32 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, she's just... She's different, man. A special player, right? She's different, man. She's um, and it's and it's promising because she's a freshman. Mm-hmm. She's a freshman. She still has a long way to go as far as developing her game and things like that. Now, like you said, she did have an excellent game, right? But Forbes gave him uh, helped out with eighteen, and Padilla had thirteen. Uh, but as far as their starters was concerned, the other two only had a combined to eight points, man. So um, they're gonna have to give her some help. Do you think that she's gonna they're gonna be able to step up like on other teams to help her out and um, make it a little bit more, uh, you know, balanced? This is the thing with them. Uh, the the five and three, it came on six shots combined. Mm. They're just not getting the looks and. I will say this, Juju is a she's getting most of the shot attempts. She took twenty two this game. Twenty two and then your the uh Forbes had sixteen. The only people with double digit shot attempts. Um and they got a and I think that's just the formula of it. I don't think they have a lot of scores necessarily. I think it's more of defend well, try to knock down the open shots that you get, let Juju in this point guard facil not not just facilitate, but let them attack the defense and put you in a position to score. Right. It's, it's that run the offense through these two girls. And it's working. It's working. Um, Now, I, this is another game I got to talk about. It's still USC. Um, but this is where you talk about it. It can be a problem. Juju did have another great game, 26-5. and five. Uh, Forbes gave them 11, but then they only get 16 or 15 from everybody else. They played Utah, and we know who was on Utah, Elisa Pilly. Mm-hmm. I know you like her, man, in that game that she has. That girl gave him 37-8 on 13-16 shooting, 5 for 6 from deep. And we're gonna, you know, we're gonna get to another team too. But the teams that don't have bench production and everything, and you that's, know, that's a scary situation. And that's the thing. Uh, she is one of those games. She had thirty-seven. Uh, Wilk off the bench gave him twelve. Nobody else came was in double digits for this Utah squad. She really put her put this team on her back and and took them to a win. But this is where it can get. Because if she's outplayed, if Juju's outplayed by another player and nobody on the rest of that roster steps up to, you know, make a major difference, this is what happens. It wasn't a close game, 58 to 78. It wasn't a close game. Mm-hmm. And when you think, when you look at the, the box score, it's kind of hard to, about why it wasn't. Right, exactly, exactly. So I guess they're going to have to take and uh, get that part of it together because they are in con- in contention. Like you said, they're in the top ten right now at number six, UCLA at number five. And so this was a, a good game to not only watch, but it's they're going to be there at the end uh, when it comes to that March Madness, yeah, baby. Somebody, you're going to have to go through one of these teams. Absolutely, you're going to have to go through it. Hey, check this out. How about that UNC team, man? Them women, uh, Tar Heels, okay, Carolina? Carolina. They still hanging tough at 13 and 5. They took care of Georgia Tech ACC rivals on this one, 73 to 68. Uh, when you look at that situation and how that went down, we got to talk about a girl, Deja Kelly. She had 27 points. Us be 15 points. So they really kind of made that thing go the way it needed to go. And uh, you know, they, they, they keep moving right along. They're not going into any kind of slumps or anything right now. They're not losing too many consecutive games. But how you feel about uh, the women, North Carolina Tar Heels, baby. Um, we we know what Deja Kellen and us be. We know what these two girls is gonna give you. What these two ladies will bring to the table. I still think we need a little bit more from somewhere else. With T Key was the key this game as well, giving them ten points. 
they, the they were off the, off the bench to kind of help them out a little bit, to kind of ease a little bit of the offensive uh, pressures. Yeah, so and that's the thing. Just somebody like that's going to have to do that every game. I'm not saying it's going to have to be her, but somebody outside of those two is going to have to step up every game. Right, exactly. Okay, and I can understand that. Well, how about this one right here, man? We, we can't even forget about this one right here. LSU was just handed only their second loss of the whole entire season, okay? LSU fell to Auburn 67-62. Now, if this was college football, this would be the Iron Bowl, all right? But this is an in-state rival, man, and we already kind of seen this kind of coming along where you took and you got your starters. They do what they do. No kind of production off the bench, and this is what you get. You get a 67-62 loss. Yeah. Um, I think, first off, absolutely right as far as the bench support. That this this is a game where it where it reeled his ugly neck and it, it showed his ugly head and it, and it bit you. But also, I will give him this. Michaela Williams, uh, big part of what they do. She had a she had a rough one. Three for ten, over one from the uh, three point line. Only gave him seven points. Haley Van Leaf has not looked like herself, or the Haley Van Leaf that we got used to in Louisville since she just came to LSU. What's gonna happen, man? I think it's the when Louisville out of Louisville, it was her team. It was her world. It was you know, you run the show. You the who the who the man that stand in front of the orchestra and, and wave that run. Mm-hmm. You that. Mm-hmm. In LSU you're not. You, you, the conductor. Yeah, you're just another cog in a well-ordered machine. But did she not know that coming in and everything? We were seeing what happened last year when LSU won it without her? I think it's just that she thought she could, would be able to do her thing no matter where it was coming at. But she didn't – I think she didn't think of the – you're used to getting a lot more touches throughout the season and things like that. So do you think that too much talent or is just a, it's, it's, it's just a wheel inside of this uh, little diagram that we have that it just ain't fitting quite right? Yeah, I don't think it's too much talent. I think it's the same thing of what we talked about with Dame – Dame Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo earlier in the season. She just has to figure out how to play her game comfortably without hindering the rest of the team. Because I know that's probably what she's trying to deal with too, whereas I still want to get my shots up, but I know I got an Angel Reese down there. I know I got Michaela Williams. I know I got a Lazy Morrow. I know I got Flaugé on the corner or something. So it's like I know I got to get these ladies the ball as well. But I'm, I know I'm a scorer. I know that's what I do. So she's trying to make it all work. Right. When you think about uh, Flyer Johnson and everything, she's a shooter and a very good player and everything. But I think she looks uh, more for her shot than she do with passing. So yeah. you give it to her, she's going to put it up. Yeah, she's strictly a scorer. Yeah. And that's the thing. When you got somebody like that on the floor with you, Haley, you have to become more of that playmaker. So it's kind of a... It's it's a new role for her to be playing. Right, right. You think she'll figure it out? I do. Mm-hmm. Cause I think she's way too talented not to. Right. I got you. Now we don't talk about LSU, but you know this game right here that's coming up. This is it's a it's a must see game on TV when it comes to women's college basketball. All right, we know that Thursday, January twenty fifth. What do we got? We got number one South Carolina against LSU. All right, South Carolina ain't. Lost nothing, baby. Okay. Last, last standing undefeated team. Smoking red hot. All right. Now, and do you know LSU has something to prove too? Whenever you're sitting that high on the mountain, somebody is trying to chop you down. Let's chop this game up, though. South Carolina LSU, man. Tell me what to expect. What you think? Um, Obvious choice is South Carolina. Um, Just because of what we talked about just a few seconds ago. The depth aspect of it. LSU only brings off three players off their bench. And most of the time, they only get about six, eight points combined from these three players. South Carolina runs about 12-man rotation. Easy. And all 12 of those people can give you buckets. Production. I just don't see where they're able to match up with that offensive production. Defensively, we know what Angel Reese can do in the paint. Uh, we know about, like you said, we know Flaugé can put up numbers. I know Haley Van Leaf can put up numbers. We understand that. The numbers you're going to have to put up to win this game, though, 
is going to have to be arguably y'all best game of the, not even, I'm not saying up to this point. It's going to be y'all best game of the season, period. <laughs> no matter how far y'all go in the tournament, unless y'all see South Carolina again, and y'all going to have to up it up, up the ante just a little bit more. Right. But this is going to have to be the best game y'all have played. Let me rephrase that. It's going to be the best game y'all played in the past two years. Whoa. And that includes y'all run to the national championship. Because this isn't the South Carolina team from last year. They was great. This team is just a little bit better. And that's what's so shocking about this South Carolina team. Every year, you think, um, they can't get no better than this. Right, right. Until you see what Don Staley does in the next year. Get better. And it's so, you and she's been replacing top WNBA prospects after top WNBA prospects with no drop-off. And that's the thing. It's not like it's no drop-off. Yeah, cool. They're getting steadily better. Steadily better. The only thing that LSU, I think, uh, of course, shooting the ball well. But I think going into this game with the mentality of you got to go in with a chip on your shoulder. You got to find that bulletin board material to stick up on the wall, stick it on the door that everybody, y'all got to see this Mm -hmm. when y'all come in. And it has to be, and it's not disrespect, but that's what I'm going to call it. Because that's how, I'm, I'm talking if I was an LSU coach, the disrespect of y'all talk about this South Carolina team like they already done won it. We won it last year. We the champions. Looking for that motivation. Y'all ain't talk about us. Y'all talk about y'all talk about uh South Carolina. Y'all talk about Caitlin Clark. Y'all talk about Juju Watkins. Y'all don't talk about us. Y'all gotta come in with that kind of attitude towards this game. Cause that's the only way y'all gonna win this game is if y'all are more angry than South Carolina. Right, and I got that. Uh, but do, do you do you think it's it's in them though? Do do you think they can pull it out? You see what I mean? Because w- when you look at it, and, and you look at this game, and you look at this team, I mean, they're kind of short. Yeah, and that's the thing. I just don't think they have enough. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have enough. Um, it's possible. Mm-hmm. It is possible, but it, I want to say it's in the slim realm of possibilities. I got you. Now, before this game even takes place and everything, South Carolina do have a 14-3 Texas A&M team, and then LSU do have a 14-5 and Arkansas team. 14 uh, wins on both teams and everything. Uh, do you feel this is just going to basically be a warm-up game to expect on both sides of these teams getting ready for this big showdown between South Carolina and LSU? You think that's going to be business as usual right before they get there? Uh, South Carolina, I'm not worried about it all. Mm-hmm. They, they approach every game as if the team that plays, you know, the team that played is a legit threat. Right. That's how they come in every game. LSU, I think they're going to try to right the ship after the Auburn loss. They did bounce back against Alabama, but they're, they're going to try to keep that going, going into the. You don't want to come into South Carolina off a loss. No, no, no. That's that's a bad feeling because you know off the gate and everything, you're going to be pressing too much, yeah. and it's going to go bad real quickly. Your, your back's already coming in against the wall. Just Pressed against the wall. Just because of the type of team that you're about to go up against. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, we, we love a girl, Kate and Clark, and we can't forget about her, okay? We're going to talk about her continuously. Number two, IU with them Hawkeyes is uh, uh, going to go up against them uh, Buckeyes with uh, Ohio State, okay? Uh, Iowa, they only dropped one. All right, they're eighteen and one. So, uh, what you think? How you think this is gonna look? Because Ohio State, they're, they're not a bad team. They're fourteen and three. And, you know, sometimes you got to lose a little bit to win a little bit. So, you know, but you do know that you know the Iowa, they they really bring it together. Uh, I was watching a game the other day. Uh, the, the ball was being distributed. Uh, you know, Caitlin Clark was being a facilitator. She was still dropping logos. But the other one, the, the, her play, the the players on this team are no longer scared to shoot the ball. That's going to that's gonna help them a long way. Um, now, one loss came to what I, I want to say is number three, Colorado. So, it's not like it was an upset by any imagination. At the time, it, it was considered one. Colorado has proven, no, we're, we're legit. We're a real team. Um, and it's just, like you said, we know what Caitlin Clark is. Arguably, not even arguably, best basketball player in the country right now. Now that she has people shooting the ball confidently um, who are bringing something to the table to help her out, this team is going to be a scary team to see in the long run because 
like I said, Caitlin Clark is gonna give you what she gives you regardless. Every single night. Now if she gets a, and it's not even the amount. It's not an amount of points really for me. It's the efficiency of the shots that the rest of the team can make. If they can shoot the ball efficiently when they get these shots, that's what's gonna make this a winning team. Because Caitlin still is gonna come down and take the shots she wants to take, the shots she believes she can make. Because she can make them. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to her. <laughs> anyway, basket after basket after basket. So I think that's just where it's coming from. You, if they keep this type of production up around her, I think they're fine. You still got to get through that South Carolina team, which we understand that's the that's the mountain everybody's gonna have to climb at some point. Right, right. I got you. And listen, we got some more must-see TV and women's college basketball. You got that that uh that in-state rival with Duke and NC State. Uh, Lawson, Kara Lawson, she's she's a great coach. She was a great player when she was at Tennessee, uh, and she had you know like you say that dog mentality. She she gets her team uh, ready for every single game with that Duke and NC State. You also have VA against Florida State, Notre Dame against uh, Wake Forest, uh, Indiana against Purdue. Uh, Juju shows back up with USC against Colorado. Okay. That's a big one. That's going to be a big one, too, and everything. How you feel that one shaking out? Um, I think Juju comes out and and takes over this game. After, I wouldn't wouldn't call it an embarrassing loss because you know how Utah's a great team. Mm -hmm. They got a great player uh, in Pili. But I think just the way they went about losing that game where you really got dominated by one player. I think that ignites a fire in Juju. I think that ignites a fire in the rest of this team. Right. And so, I, like you said, that, that's going to be a, a great game to see as well, man. But like you say, coming out with a purpose. And, and say, y'all going to talk about me because I'm making it do exactly what it needs too, to do. I understand how good Colorado is. They don't have a Juju Watkins, though. <laughs> right. Exactly. Now, check this out. We also have another one, man, and everything rounding this up right here. You got Stanford against uh, Oregon State. Uh, before we get to that game real quickly and everything about, you know, what to look for, uh, uh, Tar Vanderbeer, we, we want to say uh, mad shout-outs, you know, from uh, the Double Off Script Podcast. Hey, Tired Coach K with 12.02 with them wins, baby. Okay. Definitely got to get a round of applause for that one right there. Okay, congratulations on that. Now, in the game before that and all that took had happened or whatever, um, you have a situation where uh, uh, a girl, Cameron Brink, I think she did get a little banked up in the game before. Uh, I don't think it was anything uh, uh, outstanding, so hopefully she, she can bounce back and actually play in this game. Uh, because, but they did win that game, even if she did go out. Uh, but Stanford, man, how far you see them going? Because I'm trying to tell you, they're going to be one to contend with. Yeah, um... It, depending on matchups, uh, this is an elite eight team at the, the very least. The very least, um, I can see them getting beat by a more outside orientated team. Um, but any team who runs their offense through bigs, I just don't see them being able to with Kiki and Cameron Brink down there. It, it's it's gonna be tough. It, it seems like it's always been a winning combination, man. Whenever you're able to take in a, a, a formulated team that can play uh, from the inside out. Whenever you can take and do that, even if your center don't shoot or you don't get a shot down in the paint. But you can start it there and then bring it out and then bring it back in if you need to. It's it the, always has been a winning combination. It's the collapse. This is what I think. First off, let me get this out. My background in basketball is IQ first. I was never the most athletic, I was never the most skilled, none of that. But I knew the game better than 95% of the people I played against. You, inside out, mainly his purpose is to collapse the defense. You collapse the defense, people start scrambling. Mm-hmm. Same thing as off-ball screens. I think people forget that basketball is really an art. It's an art. And it's easy to forget that because you get people who are the flashy type. who, And it's the highlight Era, the mixtape era, has kind of ruined what the expectations of the sport actually is. And that's why I appreciate women's basketball. Because it's not all about pounding the ball into the ground 30 times, running ISOs for 60 minutes. It's not all about that. They play the most purest form of basketball that you can play. I'm glad you said that, man, because that's what I was thinking in my head. It's one of the most purest games right now. Women's college basketball, I just love to watch it, man, because you get what you get, and it is what it is, and they playing hard they play every night. You're not out there. 
men can get away with depending on their athleticism. They can get away with, oh, I got a 45-inch vertical. I can I can run a 4'3". They can get away with depending on that. Females don't really have that. Unless you Brittany Griner or something like that, a freak of nature in your height, you're going to have to work on your skills. Point blank, period. You can't get away with, oh, I jump higher than I run faster. Like, no, all y'all. And that's what I like. The physical aspect of the game is neutralized when it comes to women's basketball. And that IQ kicks in. And the IQ has to be that much better. That's why when people say that, women can't compete. They they won't be able to compete with no man. No man. People are saying they could go out there and beat Caitlin Clark and ain't played basketball in 15 years. That's not How true. do you even believe that? That is no way. That's no way. Man, how do you believe that? Absolutely do you see the not. shot she makes? Do you see how she gets to her Like that's what Do you see how she plays the game? Exactly. Like somebody I, done bumped their head against the I, wall. I, I just, I, and that's the thing too. I hate the disrespect. Mhm. That we can we can prefer men's sports without disrespecting women's sports. Right, absolutely. And like you say, we love women's sports. Had a whole entire episode about it, and we're going to keep it going. I'm going to say it one more time for the people in the back. We love women's sports, man. It's just a great game to watch all across all different types of sports and everything. They can do it just as good and better, all right? And we're going to keep reporting on it, okay? Game after game after game because it don't get old. It's just great to watch. They so fundamentally sound like... I don't know how y'all don't respect what they're in. They get respect right here at Double D. <laughs> okay. Well, with that being said, we are going to talk a little bit about the men's college hoops as well, okay? Now, check this out. Check this out. Somebody scored 80 points against Duke again. <laughs> and Duke lost. All right. It was who? Pittsburgh, baby. Duke lost to Pittsburgh 80 to 76. Here's the interesting part about it. When you look at this, right, in this stat line, in the second half, there was point for point, 42 points apiece. It was that first half that Pittsburgh scored 38, Duke scored 34, and they never retrieved those four points back. Again, 80 and you're good against Duke. Yeah, this, uh, <laughs> this, um, this is a. I'm trying to think of <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much stumped it up, right? This is a. Um, this is a. This is a pride thing. Mm-hmm. You you got to take, you got to take pride in what you wear across your chest. Um, I think the biggest thing that for me, watching college sports was everybody was so proud of the university that was on their chest. Exactly. Coming up, you you could see how much it meant to them to go win a game for their university. Now when you think of it, that's what I'm saying. That's what I can't say about Hubie Davis. He's recreated that in North Carolina. You wear that North Carolina blue with pride, and it shows in their play. They're a scrappy team that gets after it for the whole duration of the game. Duke, I think, has been spoiled by getting the guys who aren't they're not invested into Duke. They're invested into their careers. Stepping stone. Trying to get to the next level as soon as they possibly can and a lot of people are going to be watching Duke basketball. And this is the best way for me to do that. This is the best way for me to get to the NBA. That's what Duke is. It's not a it's not the J.J. Reddicks, the Kyle Singlers, the Nolan Smiths, it's not those guys anymore. It's guys who I could have went anywhere and been a top 10 pick. But now I want to come play with other top 10 picks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's going to be easier to, you know, the, first off, you win games, you get in front of more eyes. Simple as that. You, so you go to Duke with all these other Lottery projected players expecting easiest way to win games. You still got to play. Right. You still got to play. What you doing on the court? When you go against a team like Pitt who have no 
lottery projected players. So they're playing strictly for the pride of University of Pittsburgh. I want to win. And there you have it. Simple as that. <laughs> I love it. Okay, check this out. Now, check this out. Uh, we don't want to uh, forget about this one right here. Now, we do have a situation where we have Houston, okay, Houston against uh, Central Florida. Please don't sleep on number five, Houston, at this time. They're 16 and two, okay? They street ballers. They love to play the game, and you know they're going to be there at the end because they always are. It seems like they fly under the radar for such a long time. But at 16 and two, man. That's that. That's that. People love finding reasons to to not give people their credit. Mm-hmm. And, and the biggest way to discredit Houston is conference that you're in. Right. Being in an American conference, it's, it's like, oh, you're, you're expected to do that. But my thing is, they've been doing it consistently for for a couple years now. So you got to take them serious. Yeah. And then yeah. when it comes to tournament, they've put together some runs. they put together some deep runs in tournaments. So it's, it's not just because of we get to go through this conference play. No. Right. And like you say, in this game, you had Francis. He had 10. Cry had 16. She had not, uh, had uh had uh, what ten points as well, uh, and and then you look at that they're scrappy, a scrappy team that loves to play defense, and you know once you take you put the clamps on something, it's hard to get away if you hold tight enough. You, you force fifteen turnovers in a game, I, I I expect you to walk out there with a win too. <laughs> exactly. I expect you to, and that's the thing. Fifty seven forty two. This was a scrappy, yeah, grinded out game. And but, if you and if you can get the other team to play your brand of basketball. What they usually end up with. It, it works out in your favor. A dub. And that's what I'm saying. 57 to 42. Mm-hmm. Y'all only gave up 42 points. Yeah, they only scored 57. The object of the game is to outscore my opponent. <laughs> exactly. If I don't got to score 80, 90 points, I don't want to have to. Right. Listen, right there, that's less is better in that situation. Now, how about this? Now, you know, uh, UConn is ranked number one right now, seventeen and two. All right, they took and this was a this was a very close game. They had a one point victory over Villanova. All right, so how you feel about UConn? Uh, it, they've been t- uh, talked about and spoken of and everything, but listen, that that program has been rejuvenated. Yeah, um, I'm not sure who the coach is right now out there, but he's he's you know my my thing about college. Basketball is get an identity, get a culture. They've done that, and it doesn't hurt that you're coming off of a championship run. Right. When you bring in guys coming off of a chip, they're quicker to buy into. You know, it's a little bit easier to get them to buy into what you're talking about because mm-hmm. there's proof in the pudding. It worked. I've gotten my guys there. I've gotten a guy to the NBA and Jordan Hawkins who nobody was talking about before he went on this run. So, trust me, I'm going to put you guys in the right spot. Y'all can put your faith in me. Do what I ask you to do, and I promise you to work out in your favor. That's the type of thing that they have going out there in UConn. Because, again, I don't think they have no highly touted prospects for the NBA next year. Mm-hmm. This is just a bunch of guys who want to get it done for their coach, for their university, and for their teammate. It seemed like it was a quiet rise to the top, though, man. You know, it, they really wasn't uh, – because they didn't start out uh, that high up, but it, they, they they ended up there, and, just, and they, they deservedly so. Just that staying consistent while everybody else that they put above you runs into those obstacles. Right. So while they're running into those obstacles early, we just stay consistent. Keep pounding away. They can't deny us forever. Exactly. Now, listen, let's talk about that fight in the line now, man. Illinois, man, they had 88 against Michigan, 73. Michigan is 7-11. What's happening out there? I'm so disappointed because I think, I don't know if you remember, but an early episode of the Double D podcast, when we first started talking about college basketball, I said a team that you should watch out for is Michigan. I remember. I was there. That's the team that you should cut your <laughs> television off. You should cut the whole television off. Jawan, I don't know what done happened to you, man. Hey. You lost your son to the draft, but now you can't coach. Mm, mm, it's mm. bad, man. I think the thing that it was, you guys got in some transfers who had, who played a big role in some other successful programs. I just don't know what's happened when they came together in Michigan. Right, right. 
Well, we're going to have to try to uh, uh, keep our eyes on that and everything, man, because like you said, that was a team that you was supposed to watch. That was a team that was supposed to make a whole lot of noise. But what about this one right here, man? You got uh, number three, Kansas, okay? They took and they got chipped by West Virginia. Kansas, they still have they still have a great record at 15-3. and three. But West Virginia is four games below 500 at 7-11. and 11. And again, we had talked about this before, okay, a bad night for Kansas. You can't have a bad night every night, though. All right, these teams just a little bit below 500 is still playing up to your level. It, it's, it's, and that's the thing. Are they playing up to your level or did you play down? Play down. That is true. Play up, play down. Or did you play down? And get I, up and get down. I think it's more of you guys You guys kind of played down, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's def- a dangerous combination. Defensively, you, you guys didn't. They shot 51% from the floor. 57% from three. Hmm. That, what you tell me is nobody put a hand up. Y'all hand just, down. Y'all just let them shoot. Man down. Y'all just let them shoot. And turnover wise, y'all did turn, y'all did force 13 of them. You gave up seven. So, and that's the thing. When you're not, that's a what? Six turnover differential? Mm-hmm. In basketball, that's not a great differential. That's not amazing. Mm-hmm. And then when you don't, when you, allow a team to shoot 57% from three versus your 30%. That makes up for those turnovers. Exactly, it does. And you end up losing. You end up right where you're you're supposed to be. Do you think there's a little bit of complacency setting in with Kansas? Because they still have a winning record. They only got three losses on the season. So you're like, ah, we'll get them the next time. It's It's that coming into a game not and ready. Not respecting your opponent. Right. That's that's the only reason I see you guys losing this game. Coming mm-hmm. in and not respecting. They put up 51 on you guys in the first half. That tied your 51. Same thing that you talked about with, um, who are we talking about? Where they outscored them by four. Same situation. The Duke Pitt game. Same situation. You guys let them stay in it in that first half. Gave them hope. They went into that locker room. Hyped each other up. Came out and did just enough to walk out. Because it's a six-point game. Yeah. So that means y'all lost the second half by six points. Exactly. And hope is an amazing thing. If you can get it and drive with it, you can go a very long way. Hey, UNC, baby, men's basketball, them Tar Heels took care of B.C. 76-66, chop it up, because I know the love that you have for them Tar Heels, baby. Oh, yeah, man. We, we are, we're a formidable team this year. And, it's, and I like the way we get it done. Is we do have solidified leaders in R.J. Davis and Armando Baycott, but it's not every single game that they go out there and just dominate for us. We do it a lot by committee, and that's the thing, man. I just love, I just love the makeup of this team because you look at it. Everybody was in double digits except for our pseudo floor general and Elliot Cadeau. Right. He's not expected to go out there and and score a lot. Now I am. He did get more shots up, but I'm not really worried about that out of him. Um, but we're seeing Harrison Ingram, another great game, 11 points, 13 rebounds. Armando Baycott, 10 and, 10 and 9. Elliot Cadeau gave you 8 and 5 assists. RJ, 16, 4 assists and 6. Carmack Ryan, 14 and 3. And he was our shooter who couldn't get his shot going. Still managed to give us 14. Right, right. You get down to it. Jalen Withers, great game off of the bench. A Charlotte product. Uh, he gave you nine off a of three and four shooting and knocked in a three. It's just Seth Trimble gave you six, and he don't get the much play time as he was used to as a freshman. He's coming in as an energy guy and defense. I just love the makeup of this team. And like we, we touched on when we were talking about Duke, they show a pride in playing for the Tar Heels. Right, and it seemed like they're getting it together at the right time because, like you said, they did have some early losses and everything. They was able to come back from that, and you see the product on the floor. That's the thing. Two of those losses was against number one UConn, and I think right now number eight Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And then they got they lost to a Villanova team who is unranked right now. But you've seen they just pushed UConn to the brink, losing that game by one. So all three losses were against good teams. And that's what we like to call quality losses. And they came early enough for us to learn from, adjust, and finish the rest of the season strong. Absolutely. So when you think about that, we got these games to watch. You got Wake Forest against UNC. Chop it up. What you got? 
Um, I think again, we got enough to walk out of there with a victory. Mm-hmm. As long as we play our style of basketball, crash the boards heavy, create extra opportunities, and just take smart shots. Because that's the one thing I have seen. We kind of get into, I won't say it's dumb basketball, but we get into uh, complacent, speeding it up too much. Okay. Moving a little too fast. Haste makes waste. Yeah, just, and that's that play freely. You do need to play freely, but also play smart at the same time. Playing within yourself. Yeah, it's that, it's that, and we talked about it with Cam Thomas. Oh, that's a bad shot, but I know I can make that shot. You guys don't have that, 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 that leeway. That's what I'm saying. Eliminate those shots you think you can make. Yeah, and they should come out with the dub. Okay, another game to watch. We just talked about them. Cincinnati and Kansas. Okay, Kansas need to go ahead and make it do what it do. Because you get too many L's on your table, they're going to start disrespecting you. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they I don't think they come out and even let this one be close. I think they come out, put they put their foot down early. Um, yeah, it don't look like I don't know much about this Cincinnati team, but it don't look like they have a number one score on this team. Their their high score is thirteen, and he's their big man who who gets it done. It looks like inside the paint. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, I still think Kansas has arguably one of the top three big men in in the nation with a Hunter Dickerson. So I, and he didn't have a bad game. He wasn't one of those guys who had a bad game last mm. game. So uh, I think he's prompt to eliminate their best option. We're just gonna have to see. Now y'all y'all are expected to win this game, but y'all was also expected to win last game. Right. So it's just we're gonna have to see what Kansas comes out. So uh, put the pedal to the metal until you get to your destination. Yeah, don't don't right off the gate. Don't don't slack off at all. Come out of the proper pressure. I would like to see a press from from tip off. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, here we go. NFL division around, man. We got two games down with two games to go. All right? And I'm going to start it right here. And you know what I'm about to talk about. With the NFC divisional game against them Green Bay Packers and them 49ers. Now, I'm going to start this thing off, okay? And I'm going to stand tall in the pocket. All right? Ain't going nowhere. I stand behind them on a win, stand behind them on a loss. Now, they lost this game 24-21, but they did it to themselves. We were so close, man. We were so very close. We took in, uh, we were kept stumping our toe until it started to hurt. You see what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, I think about the MOs, the missed opportunities in this game on the offensive and the defensive side of the ball. Well, what I'm talking about, we had that fourth and one that failed because for some reason we thought we was a team that played in Philadelphia. We ain't. It didn't work. And we was in field goal range. Missed the field goal that really could have turned the tables on it. The boy foot done went crooked. Didn't work. Then we stopped running the ball, and I was a little upset with that. I think we could have done that a little bit more. That's just on the offensive side of the ball. I know about that tip that, that you know Jordan Love had. Oh, it is what it is. Tip drill. Yeah. Uh, the other, the, and then the one at the end of the game, he threw it because he saw something, and then you threw up a floater. That's a 50-50 ball, and the other team came down with it. I ain't even mad at that. On the defensive side of the ball, though, do you remember where we could have got that possible pick six? Yeah. And the defensive player's hands dropped it? Ah, I wish we had that one back, all right? Had two defensive players, same part of the field, scored a touchdown. They probably thought they won the Super Bowl right then. At least Brock did. <laughs> and then uh, the two touchdowns that your boy CMC had was right up the middle on pretty short distances, Okay. What uh, so yeah, one was like a thirty yard. Well, one was yeah. thirty, but you know what I'm saying. He 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 scored both of those touchdowns the same exact way. Yeah. Now I'm gonna let you chop it up and everything, and I'm gonna give you a little scoop and swing on this thing. Uh, I still feel that we have a, a so much. We had a great season. I'll put you like we had a wonderful season. And everything the Green Bay Packers do have their quarterback of the future. It's not even nothing to even discuss with that. Uh, we do need to run. We do need to work on our run defense. 
And we also need to take and uh, see if we can uh, shore uh, up our defense, like kind of peer, kind of like in, in the backfield. We, we, we let so much go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that if, if we do that and then our players get healthy, we have so much uh, great things to look forward to. But you go ahead and you give me a little swing on it, man, because I do know how you feel about uh, the 49ers. But I would like to say this before I hand it off to you. I do feel that uh, – the Green Bay Packers lost this game more than the 49ers won it. Tell me how you feel, though, because that's what my eye test kind of revealed. Um, It was y'all's game to lose. It was, it was definitely y'all's game. Um, When you look at it, once y'all went up on that 21-14, um, you guys come out. You guys get them to punt the ball again right after that. That's when he throws that. It was a little behind the tight end and a little behind and a little high. That's when he throws that first interception. They turn that into a field goal. Not, it's not panic mode yet. You give them, you come out, you don't capitalize on that. You don't get anything. You punt away. Fine because y'all forced another punt. Then you come out. This is where it starts messing you guys up. That missed field goal. Yep. Leaves the door open. Even, even though it would have only forced a tie, but at least now they they're a little bit more excited to go down and score a touchdown because now is to win the game. So you do that, he misses, they come down score. The the last play for me is where I have a problem. Talk to me. You guys, you only need three. I want to say y'all are that 30, 40-yard line on the other side of the field. Two timeouts, though, with about 30 seconds left. I want to say that was second down that he threw this pass on. You throw that away. You throw that away. And buy yourself another play. Cause I don't care what you've seen, honestly. You that's a pass you don't make. That's a that's a pass you don't even make on mad. Running to the opposite side of the field, throwing back across, dangerous. And I'll give Jordan, Jordan Love got away with a lot of that this game. He was doing a lot of because he should have right after that interception to Drake Greenlaw, he should have threw another one. Um backpedaling through off his back feet, a little soft floater in the air. Aaron Jones didn't stop when he thought he was going to stop. So he, and it was right in the corner's hands. So he should have had another one. But it, it's that maturity level that he doesn't. I'm not going to say maturity level. It's that understanding where you are in the game and not making those costly. Because now you don't have a chance. You get what I'm You take the chance away from your team. As long as you got a chance, you got to go with that. Whatever extends your chances to win this game. That really, even if you caught that ball, you're not in field goal range off of that. You still got to go out there and make more plays. You get what I'm, it's just baffling to me. I do understand why he makes it. He hasn't been there before. He has first year starting. Um, I'm not taking nothing away. Jordan Love still played a magnificent game up until those last two, three possessions. Up until those last two, three possessions, great. It's those last two, three possessions where the game is on. Same questions we've had about Brock Purdy. How does he answer you have to go out there and win a game for your team? He answered that one in this game. When that final drive, and and it's completely opposite. Brock Purdy did not have a great game. He was not playing magnificent football, but you guys didn't capitalize on the opportunities he gave your defense. Like you mentioned, the drop interception. Um third and longs, busted coverages, things like that. Um, the 32 yards straight up the middle is unacceptable. <laughs> so things like that on the defensive side allows Brock Purdy to have this opportunity at the one – that one opportunity at the end of the game. He took advantage of it. Capitalized on it. He took advantage of it. And that's what – that's where that this is our franchise guy. This is our guy who is going to lead us. That's where that comes in. It's not – I still think Jordan Love is your guy. He's going to have to – this is the – this is the – well, people love to call it the villain the, the villain arc. This is where the villain arc starts. You A reason for you to muster up that anger, that, that, that want, that desire to prove that's not me. That's not the quarterback I am. I let my team – and I've seen it when he went to the sidelines. He, he didn't put his head down. He didn't go – Sitting, you Cam Newton, probably one of my favorite, probably my favorite quarterback of all time. His biggest knock on him was he makes a mistake, he goes to the sideline. We all know what he does that towel over his head, 
looking down at the ground, don't want to talk to nobody. That's why I'm same thing I said about Bryce Young. I like the mentality towards the game. He took responsibility for it, went over there, talked to his guy, said, oh, my bad, that's on me. And you got to expect he won't make that decision going forward. But people do need these bumps in the road. You need these learning. You need them right now. Right. You yeah. wouldn't want it to happen in the playoffs, though. But it's great sign that he even got you guys there. Great sign that he was in a, in a position to win the game. It's, it's not the the ending that you would have wanted. Mm-hmm. Especially after... Because, you know, people got short-term memory. Me and you, we understand the bigger picture of it. A lot of people are only going to remember that last pass for the whole rest of this offseason. They're only going to remember those two interceptions in that last, why'd you throw that pass? Yeah, yeah. So we got to see, and he's going to hear that talk. He's going to hear all of that talk. He got all offseason to think about it. So, and that's another thing. How do you respond coming into next season? Because people believe in you. Absolutely. And like you said, I love his demeanor. Uh, like you say, uh, he, he didn't drop his head or do anything like that. Uh, and, and, and even with a, a very promising start of the season and a, a rocky middle of the season and to get to the divisional at the end, great season. But you do have to start to know and grow in those areas uh, to better yourself. And you don't get to you don't get to learn from them unless you get to be in them. Mm-hmm. You have to go through them. To, it's hard to watch. Everybody points to the backup of Aaron Rodgers. Backing up Aaron Rodgers. He learned a lot. Don't get me wrong. It's obvious he learned a lot. Some of those throws and angles that he makes. Please don't say it. Don't say it. It's Aaron Rodgers S. Oh my God. I, I, I told you not to say Some it. Some of those. It is, it is, it's, the, it's, the, it's the strictly arm talent aspect of the game. In the, it's another. I know you're going to hate this. This. <laughs> But it's it's just the it's hard not to see it. Mm. Just the some of the throws he makes is so mind blown. Mm-hmm. Even he had one in the game against the 49ers. Um one guy sitting between a three man zone, he could not be it could not be anywhere else other than where he threw that ball. So it, those is what I mean by I got that you. man. Right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's what I mean by comparing him to that man. But it, it's just, like I said, he learned a lot. Mm-hmm. But these are the moments where you can't just watch it on film and completely understand what it's like. You actually have to play you the game. You have to go through it. Mm-hmm. You have to be. Because when you understand what, you can you can sit there and pause it, start it, pause it, start it, slow-mo, speed it up. In the game, Live speed, it's you, different animal. You only got one chance to make the the right choice. Right, exactly. Ain't no rewind on that one. You only got one. I'm glad Man did away with that that feature on their games too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, and that's just what it is. It's a learning. It's a learning curve. It's a learning moment for him. Um, but as if I was a Packers fan, you know I'm a Packers supporter. Mm-hmm. Call, I'm a Packers fan. I won't call myself. A, I'm a Packers supporter. But <laughs> as a Packers fan. You guys have to be excited. Yeah, absolutely. Going for I am. And like you said, and we've talked about this before and everything, it's about retooling, not rebuilding. We don't need to rebuild nothing. We do need to retool, put some pla- put some things uh, kind of, um, you know, in, in, in place. And one of the things that I was kind of thinking about, too, I, I'm not sure about the status of A.J. Dillon and everything. Hopefully he'll be able to come back and everything and get that, that, that pounding ground because we know that number 33 is the finesse runner. But we was kind of jumbling in the backfield. We had a lot of injuries and everything. But they really couldn't get their really running back uh, game uh, going like it, like it needed to be. But when they did, it was great. Retool, do not rebuild. Yeah, Aaron Jones is y'all got a running back one. I want to say he ended with five straight games, right? Hundred plus. Like great. he's great. He and mm-hmm. that was the thing. We knew what Aaron Jones was. It was just getting him back right. on the field. Y'all wide receiver room for the youth that mm-hmm. there. It, you know, for the youth y'all having that great wide receiver room. They made big plays for you. For you, and the one with Romeo Dobbs against my Panthers just keeps popping up in my. But they make big plays for you guys. Yeah, give them another year of, of learning, building, growing that chemistry with joy and love. That y'all got two rookie tight ends that you know, that blows you people. Kraft and Musgraves blows Sims too. Don't forget about him. So, he was kind of in there and so everything, y'all have mixing a it lot up. Of things to build on. Mm-hmm. I think the main thing y'all got to look for 
is replacing a Rasul Douglas on the other side of the field. And listen, like I said, ain't nobody called me about that yet. I'm still waiting on the phone y'all call on that. Y'all got to replace a, a – and that's the thing. I think secondary is more of what y'all need to focus on. Y'all got a, a one. Mm-hmm. Y'all got Jair. He, he's y'all one. Y'all got to fill out that secondary. Somebody got to compliment him on that too, man. Yeah, exactly. In case somebody try to take the top off. Yeah. Hey, well, listen. How about the 49ers again? Like you said, they did win. Congratulations on that. Okay. Uh, they uh, uh, slated to go for the NFC conference game. They just w- uh, waiting for the winners on the Bucks Lions. All right. Uh, so, uh, Brock Purdy cannot have the same game he had <laughs> against Green Bay. Can't. I definitely agree with you that the Packers lost this game versus 49ers winning. And if that's the case, I don't think the Bucks or the Lions are going to lose a game in the NFC Championship. I just don't see that happen. If these 49ers come out, and that's on both sides of the ball, that defense didn't get going until late. Until later in today, I want to say until the fourth quarter, really. They weren't making too much noise. I don't think – I, I barely heard Fred Warner's name. Yeah, they stayed away from Fred. Mm-hmm. They stayed away from Fred. Yeah. They And that was one game plan I did notice the Packers had was throw more outside the numbers. Good game plan. Great game plan. Because, <laughs> you know, that was the first thing I said when we when we previewed this game. Y'all got to stay away from the best linebacker in the league. Mm-hmm. And they did that. And if Jordan, that's like Jordan Love had a great game throwing outside the numbers. The arm talent is there. He has to get down the mental part. Right, right. And that comes with playing the game. Exactly. So it's, it's very, very close. You're absolutely uh, uh, right about that. Um, one thing that does concern me going into this next game is uh, the fact that CMC, even though he did get those two touchdowns with 17 carries and 98 yards, uh, he's he a little banked up and everything or whatever. So, And then Debo Samuels, uh, don't know what his uh, his taking going to be, his status for a uh, next game coming up as well. Uh, but they're going to need to be popping on all cylinders. Yeah, they're going to need both of them guys. Right. And one thing I did notice in this Packers 49ers game, they went away from the run. The 49ers did. They went away from the run a little too much for me. I think and one of those reasons I did notice that, too, is because of the status of CMC. I mean, he was on the sideline and everything, you know, getting even massages when was, even when he was half in, the game. Even when he was in most of the time. And that's the thing. Even if he's in and he's not, y'all aren't planning on giving him the ball. Y'all weren't using him as a distraction either. Y'all, y'all weren't even doing play actions. Like, they didn't have to. You guys didn't have to really respect the run. You get what I'm, and that might have been a problem for you guys too. That's why you gave up that 32 yard run because you weren't looking for it. So when they did finally, straight off, just give it to them, you guys weren't. Because I've seen a lot of times, you guys did four man rushes. That's it for a lot of that game. Four man rushes, and it wasn't like you brought your linebackers down into the box either. They was dropping back into zone a lot of those times. So if they, and that's the thing too, why not call him? If Kyle Shanahan is this offensive genius. And you got a weapon such as a CMC, at least give me an RPO. Right, right. Now, we also, if I'm speaking for Green Bay, did a good job of clipping up um, a CMC. Had yeah. some great tackles great on the defense. Great tackles in open field. And, and we got to Brock. Great tackling in open field. And y'all did an amazing job guarding Brandon Ayuk. Right. Brandon Ayuk. So, and I think that's what it was. Y'all lived with George Kittle, doing what George Kittle was going to do. Mm-hmm. It did burn you guys one time. Mm-hmm. But other than that, he didn't have the greatest of impacts on the game. Mm-hmm. But the, I think the taking away the outside of Brandon Ayuk, and it wasn't even taking away Christian McCaffrey. It was just when you got a chance to tackle him, Exactly. Because if not, he'll run all over you. Hey, how about this AFC game that we had and everything? You had the Ravens 34 and the Texans 10. Uh, This game stayed interesting for a very long time because they went in to halftime 10 apiece. Chop it up for me, baby. Um, Just a a great job from these Ravens. That's, That's... you don't give up an offensive touchdown at all this game to a, to a quarterback who lit the league up. He, he's been lighting the league up. That, that offense has looked good. This is the first time that this Houston Texas offense, uh, other than against the Panthers, because I don't know what they was doing that night. <laughs> but uh, this is the first time they really just looked outmatched. Mm-hmm. They just looked outmatched. Because if you look at it, 
CJ Stroud got stacked zero times. But if you watch that game, the amount of times he had to react to somebody in his face, them bringing off a, they're bringing a, a, a guy from the slot, blitzing from the slot, he has to spin out. Now everything's sped up. Now he's not able to go through his reads, not able to do that. It, and it, it, it forced them to play uncomfortable offense. Ravens on offense, MVP Lamar. Listen, man. Hey, listen. 16 to 22, 152 yards in the touchdown, 11 carries, 100 yards. Same man, LJ, Lamar Jackson. (laughs) MVP. Zay Flowers on the head, four receptions for 41 yards. Because I seen at one point in this game, Lamar Jackson said, I need to go ahead and take care of business. Yeah, he said, um, he said, wait a minute. And that's what he said. He said he went into halftime, and he couldn't repeat what he told his team. <laughs> he said, I can't tell y'all what was said in that locker room because it wouldn't be family friendly. Exactly. But and you can see the difference when they came out in that second half. It was a little bit more. It ran a lot more smoother, and he put a lot more on himself. Mm. Now, this game really is what this game was. The Texans outperformed this whole season regardless. This is a W of a season to go from the number two pick to one game away from the AFC Championship. Great job. Great job. D'Amico Ryan's coach of the year. Great job. <laughs> Snuck it in, didn't <laughs> Great job, man. Um, it's, it hurts to not have not your number one receiver, but your quarterback's number one guy. The guy he showed he's most comfortable with in Tank Dale. I think if they had a Tank Dale, I'm not going to say they win this game, but I don't believe they only put up 10 points. Right. Um, things like that. Uh, I don't really have much to say about the Texans out of this game, only because of the type of game it was. Now, y'all could be find some pleasure in what y'all did in that first half defensively. Find some, matter of fact, find some pleasure in everything because you shouldn't have been here. Mm-hmm. Now, going to the Ravens side of it, Whoever that defensive coordinator is, if your defense has struggled in the past year, you need to call this man. Mm-hmm. You need to call him. Because what he's doing, what he did in that game. Shut him down in the second half, didn't Magnificent. He? Yeah, shut him down in the second half. Magnificent. Mm-hmm. And even in the first half, they gave up the, the field goal and they only touchdown came on a punt return. That really ain't got nothing to do with the defensive coordinator. That ain't my job. <laughs> Y'all got a special teams coach over there who's supposed to give that. You give it up. So for him, he gave up three points in a division round playoff game against offensive rookie of the year and, and coach of the year, in my opinion. <laughs> there you go. You only get two, though. Yeah, Listen. <laughs> All right, but check this out. All right, so we know the, the Ravens did win handedly, which was they did a great job of doing it. So they uh, are waiting to play in the AFC uh, conference game against the Bills and the Chiefs, the winner out of that game. So, you know, two down, two to go. And you know what? When it happens, we report. I'm two for two so far. <laughs> Let's finish this thing up strong. The DDA, baby. The die. Name it, Duo Award of the Week. 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 Demon Man. What you got? It's Holler at me. It, it, it kind of should have been kind of um, self-explanatory the way I was just so excited speaking about these guys. Um, it's Lamar Jackson and whoever that defensive coordinator is for the Ravens. I'm looking up his name right now so I can say his name because he's getting his double. D- Mike McDonald. Okay, let's make it do so what I'm it going do. Lamar Jackson and defensive coordinator Mike McDonald for the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> Lamar Jackson, great game. I'm tired of it up. He's not an elite quarterback. Oh, that conversation over, man. It's over. Oh, it. you should have seen the comment. I know you're not on the gram. <laughs> you should have seen that comment section up under the post of his stats last game. Oh, my goodness, They man. said 152 yards is not elite. They have this same take on Cam Newton. I hate how y'all talk about dual-threat quarterbacks. Because y'all love calling them dual-threat quarterbacks. But when y'all compare them to other quarterbacks, y'all only show one side of the tape. It's two eyes in your head. Cam Newton even said, because they was comparing him, you know, he said what he said about Dak. So they compared him to Dak. They only showed wins and losses, passing yards, passing touchdowns, passing completions. Cam said, cool. Now show my rushing yards. Show my rushing touchdowns. Show my yards per carry. Not even close. <laughs> yeah. Same thing with Lamar Jackson. Cool. Y'all saying 152 passing yards, not elite. Okay. Brock Purdy had 250. I had 252 total yards. He had one touchdown. 
I gave you four. <laughs> two and two. Four. <laughs> I gave you two throwing the ball. I gave you two running the ball. I only missed six completions. He threw the ball 40 times. I threw the ball 22. <laughs> Math is fundamental. Are y'all looking at the context? Are y'all just talking? <laughs> y'all can't be looking at the context of what's going on. Right. Y'all just talking. Mm-hmm. Y'all seeing 152 passing yards. Oh, yeah, I can talk. He ain't quarterbacking. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, man. But like you say, they definitely deserve the Dynamic Duo Award of the Week, baby. And we give them props on making it do what it do. Again, Mac McDonald, just because I just learned your name. <laughs> and there it is. Hey, we would like to thank everyone for listening today. Please join us again on our next episode of the Donald and Donald Podcast. <laughs> Don't miss it, baby. Please remember to drink your water and don't forget to stretch. And don't worry about your win. Just know it's coming. Absolutely. We're going to see y'all next episode. Double D.